Hey everyone, sorry for the delay in putting this episode out. I've been working and traveling. I'm finally back home uh, in my home state of Tennessee for the next week and a half, two weeks. So uh, pretty excited about that. Found myself some uh, spare time here today. So uh, finally got around to putting this episode out. It was a really good one. I had an awesome conversation with Dan Taxationist Theft Berman. Uh, We talked about taxation, as you might uh, expect, but we also talked about ending the drug war, um, and we talked about his uh, brand of wine that he's coming out with that I ordered a bottle of um, and would highly recommend, uh, bloodoftyrants.wine. You can go get you a bottle there. But uh, with that, here's my conversation with uh, Dan Berman. All right, I think we're good. Dan Berman, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on. Um, I think the, the first time I, I learned about who you were was, was back when you were running for, for president in 2020 and you had the, the, the big yellow hat yeah. that, said, that said taxation is theft. Man, that hat is, is iconic iconic there's no (laughs) there's no mistaking when you see that big yellow hat you know exactly who it is just the whole i don't your your whole aesthetic during that campaign was fucking awesome man i have to say it was really great thank you (laughs) where where did you get the idea for that hat and where did you get the hat from oh so it was um i i know every (laughs) the libertarian party itself has been kind of like a uh, contentious uh, topic of conversation um, for the last few years, but um, I I kind of joined like around or, or learned about them and started supporting them around 2014. Um, and by 2016, I was I was kind of I was I was helping McAfee on his campaign, um, and of course uh, Gary Johnson won the election. And I, I like when I when I came looking for the Libertarian Party, like I was I was my big issue was was taxes, especially income tax. I'd fought with the IRS, um, you know, and, and I saw that this was like the biggest issue. Like all these libertarians were talking about the wars and the Federal Reserve and all these other things. And I was like, guys, like the, the income tax is what's paying for all this stuff, the drug war, the you know, everything. Um, and nobody seemed to care about that. They, they were all focused on these other issues. So so. Um, Around 2016, uh, Gary Johnson got elected, and he was kind of like, you know, tax. He, he was he was pushing for the the flat tax, and you know, he's definitely not an anti-tax guy. And um, so 2018, when I went back to the Libertarian National Convention, um, I, I was like, okay, I need to I need to kind of um, <laughs> uh, let it be known that that this is the party of taxationist theft. And so I, I set up a table. I had taxationist theft, everything, t-shirts, hats, um, and everything else. And I was like, okay, what can I, what can I do to top this off? And, and I kept just trying to one up myself. Um, we put out like a, a, a yellow carpet, like a red carpet. Um, we had a big, uh, backdrop that said taxationist theft all over it. Um, and then I was like, okay, what else can I do? What else can I do? And then I just, I, I found this hat <laughs> and I was like, I gotta, I gotta turn that into a taxation theft hat. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the story of it. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, it was, I mean, it was an interesting experience because, uh, you know, before I, my participation in the party was, was kind of minimal. Nobody really knew who I was. 
And of course, walking around the convention with that big hat on, everybody was like, hey, that's an awesome hat. And it was just really, really great time. And then the funny thing is, as soon as I took the hat off and started walking around, it was like nobody, <laughs> nobody even recognized me or saw me. So it was kind of funny. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was that was kind of it. Um, and I know it, it. I don't know. It seems like it, it seems like other people have kind of come in and, and tried to um, mark the the Libertarian Party in a different way. Um, so so and I know it's kind of been like the the basis for a lot of infighting that's been going on, but uh, that's, that's still my main issue. And that's kind of the one I, I like to push for. Yeah. Well, if, if you were looking to, to make an impression and, and, and do something memorable with, with that hat and your whole look, I mean, you definitely did. I think, uh, you know, I, I think I, I saw your Twitter account again for the first time in a while back when I did the episode with, uh, with Tom Queter, who, you know, pretty well yeah. too. Um, and I, and I saw, um, I think that you had liked liked one of the tweets or something, and I was like, "Is that the, is that the taxation is stuff yellow hat guy?" It, it definitely <laughs> was. So I mean that that's something that's been like burned into my head pretty much ever since I I, I saw it. So if you, if you were looking to make a make a mark, you you I mean you definitely did. Um, awesome. But uh, how how long have you been involved with with politics generally? I know you said. Um, you know, when you became involved with like the Libertarian Party, have you always been involved in politics or is? No, um, I actually, I mean, until I was, uh, I don't know, in, in my 20, I don't know, for the longest time, I, I just absolutely hated politics. I thought it was boring. I thought, it, you know, I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, you got people elected, they'll, they'll deal with all the problems. I don't need to pay attention to any of this stuff. Um, and it was around like the 2008 housing crisis and, and market crash and everything where um, I was just kind of like, I was kind of like, what the hell's going on here? Um, and, and I was really getting sick of like the whole Afghanistan war and everything at that point. So, um, of course, I thought Obama was anti-war. So I voted for him in 2008. Big mistake. Um, <laughs> and um, and um, it was it was weird because shortly after that I started so I started seeing like some cars driving around with this um, you know who is Ron Paul stickers on it um, and uh, and I started looking into Ron Paul around that time and, and really got into that and that was probably that was probably around where I first started getting interested um, the first time I ran for any office was uh, I want to say around 2014 maybe 2015 um, where I ran I think it was 2014 where I ran for the Texas House of Representatives. Um, and, uh, that was a really awesome experience. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, and, and from there, I just kind of like been trying to figure out like, you know, okay, we're, we're working with the Libertarian party, which is, you know, it's, it's a small, um, it's a small party. Not, not a whole lot of people know about it. And those who do don't have a whole lot of faith that they can get people elected. And I was like, you know, my thing is always trying to figure out how can we, how can we actually change society to, to, you know, to where people can be more free and what, what's it actually going to take? Um, so, um, so yeah, it's, it's just been a constantly evolving path of, of what my involvement is and, and how I'm working with um, organizations and, and, you know, what I'm actually trying to do to change it. But that's, yeah, it's, it's been a long journey. Um, but yeah, I, I would totally love to get back to that point where um, I don't have anything to do with politics because it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. It's like stuff you don't want to have to deal with, but at the same time, it's like, it's like, you know, like once you kind of open your eyes to, to what's really going on and, 
and what people are doing to, to rob all of us. It's like, you can't just sit around and let it happen. You got to do whatever you can. Yeah. I think that's the thing, right? Is like, once you, once you, once you get involved and like, once you open your eyes to everything that's going on, you can't just, I mean, I guess you can, but it's really hard to just like close your eyes and pretend that none of this stuff that you've been made aware of is happening. Like once you get involved, it's really hard to, to get back out of it. It always kind of ropes you back in. You know, there's, there's always just some, there's always different shit going on. And it's interesting you say, uh, that that the Ron seeing the Ron Paul bumper stickers is is kind of what got your attention. I have a I have a kind of a weirder version of that. Um, I was I was at some sporting event. I I was pretty young at the time. I can't remember exactly what it was. Maybe a football game or, or something like that. And there was uh, I went to use the the restroom at this sporting venue, and I walked in, and there was a guy just standing there in the bathroom handing out Ron Paul pamphlets. <laughs> Like to nice. like right by where you would dry your hands, there was a guy who was just like, "Oh, you should look into Ron Paul," and th- and that was his that was his thing, which is, I, you know, I gotta awesome. say it, it's a little weird, but it's not a bad move because you know you go to a sporting venue, you you're drinking, you're doing this and that. I mean, you're gonna have to go to the bathroom at some point, you know. So you you, you go into the bathroom, you kind of they they can't really avoid you, you know. They've got I guess they don't have to wash their hands, but they should. You know, like they're kind of they're kind of <laughs> trapped, like they have to interact with you in some way. So I thought it was very strange at the time. And it definitely was. I wouldn't recommend it to uh, probably wouldn't anyway. It's just a little odd. But well, it's it, 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 that's really interesting because like it, it's like. You know how like um, like something can happen and if you don't really make like a big deal out of it, you'll totally forget it. It's like so, like somebody could be, you know, at the mall just handing those things out and people would throw them in the trash. And like, maybe you'd never like ever think about it again, but now it's like, you got the story <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it was so weird. This guy was in the bathroom handing out flyers and it's like, you're going to tell everybody about that just because it happened and it was weird. Yeah. And see, that um, was well over, you know, like a decade ago. And it's, it's, it's something that I distinctly remember. And it was in, it was the first time that I had ever really, you know, heard about Ron Paul or the libertarian party. So, I mean, you know, I, that that guy, I mean, he definitely made an impression. I'm I'm talking about him on my on my podcast. So it it uh, it yeah, worked a, and, a decade later. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it it took me a while. I t- I took some different uh, some different ideological twists and turns on the way to becoming a libertarian, but you know, I I did eventually um, get there. Uh, you, you said you ran for state house uh, back in 2014. I think if I remember correctly, it was like district 125. Is yeah, is that, and I know they've done some different things with the district, but you that that's that district is is in San Antonio, which is which is where I live. Yeah. Um, you know how what was your experience like uh, running for state? How, was was that the first race you ran for? Yeah, it was. Um, and interestingly enough, like the at that time, it was um, LP Texas was really just trying to like fill up the the ballot with you know any anybody who'd run you know it it wasn't really about running real campaigns it was like it was like hey can we put your name on the ballot because we just want to you know have us have a name in every single slot and um and (laughs) at first i I even resisted that i was like i was like "Ah, i don't really want to do that um they they twisted my arm they talked me into it and then after a few weeks of of you know filling out the paperwork and doing all that kind of stuff i was just kind of like 
you know what? I actually have an opportunity here to like really change some things. So let me actually turn this into an active campaign. So um, that was that was kind of cool. And and yeah, it was it was a total um, it was a crazy experience. Um, you know, talking to so many people, um, learning uh, just you know because I, I had my I guess political biases and and what I thought was a perfect plan for everybody and perfect messaging and everything and. And then you, you get out there and you talk to people and you realize like, um, you know, everybody's got different needs. And um, even if the best thing for them is smaller government, um, as far as messaging and figuring out how do you actually relate to them in a way that they'll, they'll say like, oh yeah, you know, um, you know, my issue is I can't afford my healthcare. Um, well, okay. How does, how does small government solve that for them? And how do you, how do you relate that and message them? So there was, there was a, a lot of learning in there. Um, and it was, it was really interesting too, just meeting a lot of other personalities. I mean, I ran into a few cops who were, uh, my, my, my main platform at that time was, uh, ending the drug war and stopping police misconduct. And I ran into a few cops and they were, um, clearly pro police misconduct, (laughs) (laughs) which was, it was just so weird. It was like, they were, they were, we wanted to stop police misconduct and, you know, and, and I get it, you know, cause, cause you can say like, Oh, you know, there's, you know, what are you trying to say? Should we get rid of all the police? Um, and, you know, they would kind of take it to that extreme and then they would go to the opposite and say like, no, you know, almost, you know, short of saying we want police misconduct, um, you know, they would go and try to justify it. So there was, it, it was really um, kind of interesting to see that side of that side of people also. Um, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was, um, it was a really awesome experience. Um, and, uh, that kind of, I think gave me a little bit of hope that, that, you know, I, I could have some sort of, um, activism, um, that would actually get out there and help people change their minds, which would ultimately change, um, the shape of the government. Yeah, man, that's, um, yeah, no, that's that's really awesome. I I mentioned it before we uh we we started recording, but I you know, I just wrapped up talking to uh Sam Rob who you who you know well and um of course we we talked a little bit about uh you know his run for president uh in 2020 and and you ran as well. And I you know I'm just curious cuz you know he talked a little bit about his experiences and how it was for him. Um what what was running for president in in 2020 like for you? Um, it was, it was interesting. Um, it was a little bit rough because we have, I mean, first, you know, we, we kind of have everybody in the party, um, in the libertarian party who, um, who kind of, you know, they, they look at the two party system. They, they hate the fact that the Democrats and the Republicans kind of run everything and, and, you know, they're, they're top down parties. Um, you know, they, they, typically talk about how top-down systems don't work. We need decentralization. We need, uh, you know, all, all these different types of things. Um, but then what was strange was, was what I was trying to do with the campaign was to say, you know, hey, look, obviously everybody who's involved with this party is going to vote libertarian anyway. So let's, let's forget about, you know, traveling around the country, going to libertarian conventions and wasting all of our money, just, just talking to the echo chamber. Um, and so what we did is we took all the money that, that we raised and we used it on advertising outside of the party. So we were reaching um, 
we were reaching Trumpsters. Uh, mostly, mostly we were really going towards the left because the left, um, you know, the, the Trumpsters were already sold on Trump. He's already, um, uh, you know, he's, I mean, he, he's, <laughs> it, it was, he was kind of a hard guy to, to, to run against, but what we were trying to do right. is get a lot of the, the left support. Um, because, you know, basically Trump was kind of going out, he's getting a lot of the people who are already kind of libertarian, right. With, with, you know, he's going to be pro second amendment and, and small government, small taxes, that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, when, when there's, a, when you're running against a billionaire and that's kind of your platform, it's like, it's, you know, that's a little bit tough, but so what we were trying to do is really connect with a lot of the left. Um, and just, you know, people in general, people who were not involved with the Libertarian Party at all. Um, and we did a really amazing job with that. I mean, we reached millions of people. Um, we, we, we changed minds. I mean, we got, we got um, so much, uh, you know, we, we got emails from people saying like, yeah, I, you know, I thought you were full of crap when, when I saw you say taxation is theft. And, and I tried to, you know, come up with every argument I possibly could and, and just you know, reading all your posts and everything, I finally came to the realization that taxation is theft. And it's like, so we got these like far left people to like realize taxation is theft, which is amazing. Um, and then, so the plan was to take this back to the party and say, hey, look, um, you know, we've always struggled with messaging. Um, we've always struggled with, you know, how do we get people who are who are not libertarians? It's easy to get people who are libertarians, right? Because they're already, right. um, they're, they're already, you know, um, in line with our philosophy um but we're, that's our that's a small percentage of the, the population we need to get everybody else how do we get them and so we had we had come up with a pretty good strategy to get these other people and then we went back to the party and we were basically like hey look this is what we've been able to accomplish and the party was like yeah but you're saying things that aren't really the way that we would want to say them and, and they don't make us feel good as libertarians and so therefore we're going to elect the person who says like all the libertarian things, the libertarian way. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But you realize that's not going to play well outside of the libertarian party, which is the biggest problem that you have to overcome. So, um, so it was kind of like, it, it was almost like I was just, you know, working against the brick wall um, where, you know, we, we were finding out the right way to do things and then learning that the libertarian party really didn't appreciate the right way to do things and they wanted to kind of stay in their echo chamber um and that sort of thing so it, it was kind of difficult um and uh uh you know to, and, and of course you know that that cost us the um the nomination um but at the same time it kind of it kind of made me realize like you know this this is the right way to do things um mm -hmm. and we're you know if the party's not going to align with us and, and help us out and support us in doing this um, you know, we're going to have to do this on our own. And, you know, as, as we become successful, then hopefully the party's going to come back around and, and we'll be able to work together. Um, but yeah, that was kind of, um, that was kind of a frustration. And I even started running for governor of Texas and, um, and, you know, knowing what we knew, uh, you know, what we learned from the presidential run, um, and, and how we were going to run the, the, uh, the gubernatorial campaign it was kind of the same thing. It was like LP Texas was like, yeah, you know, all the delegates were like, you know, we want somebody who's going to tour around the state and come to our conventions and, and you know, this and that. And I'm like, I have no interest in talking to libertarians. You guys are already going to vote libertarian. <laughs> There's like, you, you can donate, you can donate, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to my campaign so I can come around and talk to you, but it's like, that's just going to make you feel good. It's not going to actually accomplish anything. Um, 
and you know that's that's my thing I, I want to accomplish something I don't want to just I don't want to just you know make libertarians feel good about being libertarians I want to actually um, you know change the world so that we can live in a libertarian society yeah well I mean I think it I think it's like you said you know people that are already libertarian are going to vote that way regardless right like regardless of whether you go and host some big event with them or you know, whatever, like you, 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 like the Libertarian Party already has their vote. You know, they're going to vote Libertarian, you know, probably no matter what. It, it's, it, it's these other people that are maybe, you know, maybe opposed to, or maybe they just don't know, you know, some of the, some of the Libertarian Party stances on stuff. I mean, those are the guys that, that you really need to go after, especially in, in a time like, well, in, in a time like this, since 2016, I feel like more and more, you know, people are, just so disillusioned with, with the duopoly that exists, you know, I mean, yeah, everyone is just sick of Democrats and Republicans alike uh, at this point, but they, you know, they, they feel trapped inside of the system. Um, and so I, you know, I think it's really awesome that you were reaching out to people that way. Uh, you know, what, what are some of the issues that you found really resonated with some of those voters that you were, that you were talking to? I have to imagine, you know, lower taxes. I mean, come on, who doesn't, <laughs> who doesn't want to pay less right. in taxes and like ending the drug war is probably another one that I, I have to imagine, you know, really resonated with people. But yeah, I mean, yeah. What were some of the issues yeah. that you were pushing? So, so interestingly enough, this is what we did was we, we went to like, um, the actual, you know, the big research firms, because, you know, we don't, we don't have millions of dollars to spend doing all the research. Mm-hmm. So we just went to go see what everybody else was coming up with. And we found, you know, the top three issues that, that um, Democrats were interested in, the top three interested that Republicans were interested in. And um, of those, it was like, um, it, it was like, uh, for the Democrats, it was like healthcare um, and, and cost of living and, and things like that. So, Basically, what we did is, is we just kind of took those and said, like, hey, OK, um, you know, healthcare. like how, how do we take a, how do we take a libertarian message um, and advertise this as healthcare to people? How do we get people's attention? And I started coming up with this idea of like, well, what if everything's free? Right. Because, I mean, that's that's kind of what they want. Right. They want they want free universal health care and, and all this other stuff. And I was right. like, OK, so what if we take this idea and we say, OK, we're going to create this thing called free healthcare." Um, and originally this was just like part of the platform, but we actually turned this into like a nonprofit organization now. Um, but the idea of free healthcare is like, it's, it's not free. Like we're going to give you stuff. It's free as in freedom. But what's interesting about this is when the left hears it, they're like, Oh, free, free healthcare. This sounds like an interesting plan, right? It's a, it's a competitor to Medicare for all, or, um, you know, or universal healthcare or something like that. Right. Um, but what we do is we actually like put forth the information, show them that, you know, as much as, as much as these politicians are sitting around saying, Hey, we want to give you this, this plan. Like, no, it's, it's really a scam. It's, it's the free cheese and the mousetrap. Right. right. Um, and so uh, we've taken a lot of these issues and we show them where the government has actually prevented people from helping who want to help, who, you know, people who have, um, you know, millionaires who have, who have lots of money who want to invest and, and build new hospitals. Um, uh, wouldn't it be a good thing to have more hospitals? Because ultimately, you know, it doesn't matter if, if all the healthcare is free, if you don't have enough doctors, right? And, and the left totally gets that, right? They're like, yeah, more hospitals, more doctors, all that stuff would be great. Well, you have certificate of need laws um, in, in a lot of states that prevent people from building hospitals. 
And then they're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's terrible. We should get rid of that. Um, and then you start talking about like all the doctors and nurses who have come here from other countries and, and how they're not able to work. Oh, yeah, we should get rid of those regulations. And we talk about how, um, you know, the, the way the medical system is designed, um, you know, you can, you can have a million people graduate top of the class, you know, 100 percent perfect exams and everything from, from med school. And they can't go to work as doctors because they actually have a physical cap on the number of doctors who can be certified every year. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should get rid of that. And next thing you know, it's like it's like they're like, oh, yeah, we should get rid of all these regulations. And they start to understand, like, like these regulations are in place to to profit, you know, the the one percent, which is what they absolutely hate. And and to really drive this point home, we do we, we talk about insulin and, and I talk about how I've been smuggling insulin from Mexico into the United States, because in Mexico, it, it's like it's like 90 percent less than it costs in the United States. I mean, the stuff costs like $5 to manufacture and they're selling it here in the United States for, for $100 for an injection pen that's only $12 in Mexico. Um, and it's, it's not that it's a cheaper brand or anything else. In fact, it's the same brand um, that, that, I, that I bring from Mexico, um, which is Lantis, which is actually manufactured in Germany. And that same pen actually sells in Canada for $12 also. And so when, when all these people talk about like, oh, it's these greedy corporations and, and that's why you know, healthcare is so high. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's the greedy corporations, but those corporations are just as greedy in Mexico and Canada. Why aren't they charging $100 there? And the answer is they don't have the restrictions um, and, and the, the price controls that create a monopoly. And this is all done through the FDA and, you know, denying other, other foreign companies from selling their medication in the United States or denying them selling it in the United States under a certain price. Um, and as soon as you start you know, explaining all this stuff to the left, which is, it's a pretty simple concept. Um, you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand it or like a, uh, you know, a, a, a PhD in economics to understand it. People mm -hmm. get it. It's, it's, it's very simple. And it's amazing how fast, you know, somebody who was sitting there saying we need Medicare for all is just turns around and says, yeah, sounds like we should get rid of the FDA. And it's like, Hey, that's, that's a great idea. Um, so, so really it's like, it is. And, and this is, you know, this is one of those plans where I've had so many libertarians come to me and say, oh, there's no such thing as a free lunch, free health care. That's bullshit. And, you know, that's a that's a crap plan. You can't be running around pushing that. And it's like, but this is what's getting a lot of the left to come around and not even to support me, to support the idea that we need to get rid of all this extra government regulation, because ultimately, like, it doesn't matter if I get elected or some other libertarian or, or if no libertarian ever gets elected. What matters is that the, the public starts to change their opinion of what they want, because ultimately any, any party, any person who gets elected, they're going to have to cave to the demands of the people. And if, and if they're able to get the people to demand what they want, then the politicians are going to win. But if we can show the people that they need to demand um, that the politicians get out of the way, then the politicians lose. They're going to have to cave. They're going to have to start scrapping all these regulations and giving people their freedom back. And that's ultimately what we want. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, like you said, that, that makes total sense. And it's not surprising at all to me that, you know, those, those left-leaning voters that you were talking to really, really started to come around after you, after you laid, you know, that kind of stuff out. I, you know, but but why do you think it is that the like the like the Texas Libertarian Party and then the Libertarian Party at large why why do you think they're not adopting like a similar 
messaging strategy? I mean, it seems obvious to me that the way you're going about it is the way that libertarians should go about it. You know, why do you think there was all that, all that pushback from the, from the party? I mean, I think, honestly, I think, you know, if if the party stands for absolute freedom, then, then, you know, that's, that's fine. Um, I've, I've really kind of come to this, um, realization lately too that you know you you can't just have one organization that's going to message to all these people and and actually the the way that i've started designing my outreach is to have separate organizations under separate brands um which reach out to to different groups because you have the people who are interested in healthcare they don't care about second amendment rights or anything else so you need to have these different organizations Mm -hmm. and those organizations like you know you look at how the how the um how the democratic party works right like what's their messaging they, they don't really have one i mean they, you, you kind of have this general idea that like the democrats are the, the party that cares for the people and blah 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 even though most people know that's that's all bs but that's not where that's not where they do most of their marketing like they they have coalitions with like blm um fight for 15 is like its own organization Medicare for all is its own thing. Like they have all these organizations. And, and, and so basically what they're doing is like, and they're all separate, right? Because they know, um, uh, you know, you've got, you've got pro-life and pro-choice organizations. Um, they know that like, if you get, you know, if you're pushing Medicare for all and you have an organization that like all you care about is Medicare for all um, and you have like a PAC or whatever, and you get all these people interested in that, it's like, it's like, you can't just tell them like, oh, we're also going to be all pro-life um, or pro-choice because you're going to have people in that group who are going to say like, oh, but wait a minute, we're not pro-choice. I'm, I'm pro-life. I, I want Medicare for all, but I'm pro-life. This organization isn't for me and then they're going to leave. And so what they do is they actually create these single, very, very specific single issue organizations that are, that are very focused on, on these single issues. And they don't try to just push the whole platform. But then what they do is they take that that, that organization and, and they get people to rally behind just that idea. And then they tell them, you know, hey, go vote for the Democrat or whatever. Um, but you, you don't really get a lot of those. I mean, yes, you have the vote blue no matter who people, but you don't really like get all the people who are supporting that, that Medicare for all to, to just like jump on an entire platform. Um, and I think that's kind of like, um, you know, in that way, the Libertarian Party can't adopt messaging because, um, you know, in, unless it does it through these smaller organizations that have very focused um, targets. So, um, and I've, I've heard, you know, some of these new guys that just took over the Libertarian Party, I've heard them talk about um, single issue coalitions and things like that. Um, Spike Cohen with his We Are the Power campaign um, or, or You Are the Power campaign, like, um, like I, I hear, I hear a lot more of this happening now, which is really interesting. Um, and, and I, I'm hoping that we're going to start to see some more of that structure come about. Um, and ultimately, at the end of the day, like it's almost like the party itself should not have messaging, and, and all of its messaging should be done through um, through separate organizations that can be used to kind of corral votes towards the party itself. Um, so it's, it's, it's really interesting to see, you know, to see how this is going to go. Um, and, you know, ultimately I, I think, you know, there's, there's also another, another question of like, you know, realistically, like nobody, you know, even myself with, with everything I'm learning about all this stuff, there's, you know, nobody, nobody knows the perfect plan. Uh, what we need to do is just try to, you know, 
test and, and work with everything that we possibly can and see what works and then whatever works, just, you know, keep, keep encouraging that and then, and then keep trying new things. Um, and so having multiple organizations and, and being able to test and, and do all that stuff, I think is actually, um, you know, that, I mean, one, it's decentralization, which is, which is something libertarians are always talking about. Um, right. But I, I think that's really the way to go. So, um, so I'm kind of hopeful to see what's going to come out of that. Yeah, I'm hopeful too. You know, I, I, I think you're right. I think taking that decentralized uh, approach to messaging is, is, is definitely way to go. It's, it's definitely way more effective than, than trying to have, you know, one big organization do the messaging from like the top down. That just doesn't really seem to be the way to go. We've got to wrap up here. We've got a bit of a time limit. Just one last thing I, I wanted to ask you, you know, what, what's next for you? You know, you ran in the in the governor race here in Texas, you know, you know, definitely wish that you were going to be the nominee um, ran for president in 2020 or, you, you know, 2024 is around the corner. Are you thinking of giving it another shot or, you know, any any other uh, future plans to run for office? Um, not at this time. I'm, I'm really going to be focusing on some of these single issue initiatives. Um, and then I've got, of course, my all my um, for-profit ventures. Um, I've, I've got a cannabis company, uh, Nug of Knowledge. Uh, we sell Delta 8, um, uh, Delta 8 THC, which is basically, a, it, it's kind of like diet weed, but it's, it's legal um, in most places where, where regular cannabis is not. Um, we just launched a new wine label called Blood of Tyrants, um, uh, which, which is, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a fun play on words for, for red wine. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, people are loving it, but it's also, you know, both of these are a great way to kind of get into the mainstream. And, and we use these to educate people about, you know, all the laws and restrictions that, that are in place and, and the way that the government's restricting us, um, whether it's, you know, um, our, our right to consume mind altering substances or, uh, you know, those sorts of things. So, um, so, so yeah, we're using these kind of as, as educational mechanisms and, and also as, um, as, as a way to kind of get our foot in the door um, to new audiences that are not libertarian and, and kind of teach them the philosophy. Um, so there's, I, I'm involved in probably more than a dozen different projects right now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, they're all kind of, they're all kind of connected um, in various ways. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the end goal is really just to bring, you know, to, to bring more freedom um, to, to everybody. So that's, uh, you know, um, I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be running any elections anytime soon, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens in the next few years. Yeah, man. That's all. what did you say? The name of the wine label was blood of tyrants, blood of tyrants. Yeah. Man. And you can check it. You can check that out at blood wine. And actually, if you put in the code D a B, um, it'll, it'll get you a little, uh, discount. I think it's $5 off of shipping. Um, and uh, we do ship to Texas. We ship to we ship to 43 states. Um, there's seven states that don't allow us to ship there. And and again, it's like all it's <laughs> getting involved with the wine industry and finding out how much regulation they have is just absolutely ridiculous. But uh, um, but yeah, we we ship to 43 states. So um, uh, but yeah, it's it's an awesome wine. And we're actually going to be um, we're doing a, we're having a launch party um, this Thursday in South Austin. So uh, if you're around, it'd be awesome if it came up. Yeah, yeah, that would definitely be awesome. If you could, uh, yeah, if you could D- DM me the uh, 
the details on that. I would, I would definitely be interested in checking that out. Absolutely. I've, I've definitely got to give me some of that wine. That's uh that's, that's right up my alley. The, well, I mean, <laughs> I like wine and I mean, the name just makes it all that much better. So I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Um, man, well, I, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. It's been an awesome conversation. Um, you know, talking to, to you and Sam Rob both in the same day is just, uh, has just been really great. So, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Awesome. Yeah. Anytime. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely, yeah, definitely do DM me the, uh, the details for that event. I'm, you know, if I'm available, I'd love to come up there and check that out. Sounds good. All right. Well, I appreciate it, man. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, rest of the weekend. Hope you have a good one. All right. You too. I'll see you later. All right. I'll see you. That was my conversation with Dan Taxation is theft Berman, uh, former 2020 presidential candidate, former candidate for governor here in this 2022 cycle. Really had an awesome time talking to him. Really appreciated his invite to uh, his wine label opening. I was not able uh, to make it, but I did order a bottle of wine uh, online myself. Um, would highly recommend going and getting you some. You can get some at uh, bloodoftyrants.wine. And um, I'm in uh, I'm in Tennessee for the next week and a half, two weeks. So I'm going to meet up with my buddy Alex that I've done a podcast uh, with before. I'm actually sitting in his house as I record this outro. And we're going to have some drinks. We're going to smoke a little bit. And we're going to record uh, a fun episode like we always do. So stay tuned for that. That'll be coming out on Monday. I will get that one out on time. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this conversation and hope you uh, follow for more so you don't miss them.